What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. Welcome back to the YI Network. We interview every job occupation A through Z from the trash man to the CEO and ask them why and how they started their profession so that you can find your dream job too. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we have a very special guest with us. It is Mr. Mike Ginateki. Now, Mike is a paramedic who loves his career due to his ability to save lives, and he'd love to speak about his career choice to us. So, Mike, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. Let's go, Mike. Now, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for even asking and coming on the show today. I'm really excited to uh, hear what you have to say today. All right. All right. So, Mike, can can we even get an idea of, you know, where you're based from? You know, I only had a, a couple of sentences there. And, you know, how long you've been a paramedic and, you know, where you're based, uh, you know, where what state you're in, whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. So I work as a paramedic in Texas. I work for Camp County EMS, and I have been a paramedic for just over three and a half years now. Beautiful, beautiful. And let's go ahead and dive right in. So why did you become a paramedic? Well, I started to volunteer in my area. Um, And what I found is that I was kind of surprised how much I enjoyed it. What just started off as volunteer work with one of the fire departments in the area, it ended up becoming an opportunity to take more classes, learn more about being an EMT and a paramedic. And I ended up deciding to become a paramedic as my career. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, I'm very happy that you uh, described that you took the volunteer route at first. Very nice. Very nice. So uh, can you tell me, you know, really, uh, I mean, a little a little bit dive into a little bit more detail of, you know, the process, of you know, like really how long it took for you to um, to get from point A to where you are today? Absolutely. So kind of the way that I started was that I contacted one of the fire departments in my area. Um, For anyone out there who is interested in volunteering with the fire department, now is a great time. Uh, Nationwide, the number of uh, volunteers is just a little bit low. Um, And fire departments especially are really in need of volunteers to help out. Uh, Most of the fire departments across the country are volunteer-based. Um, so anyone can kind of contact a fire department of their area, which is w- what I did. And then I started to take some classes. It would usually be weekend classes, weeknight classes. And I was able to, within about three months or so, I was able to earn um, basically just enough training that I can kind of help out a little bit on calls. Um, after that, I took an actual EMT course. So what that is, is an emergency medical technician course. That's about a three to six month course. And that kind of gives you enough skills that you can really help out on uh, what either be EMS calls, like whenever someone has an emergency and dials 911, or if there's like um, a car wreck, which we call an MVC, motor vehicle collision, 
kind of gives you the skills to help out there. Um, I started to work as an EMT as my career at that point. And then what, what I did is I applied for paramedic school. So basically you have EMTs who have three to six months of, of school and you're able to, to make enough income to support yourself at that level. And then you can become a, a paramedic if you do another year to a year and a half of school. And then um, at, at, at that point, I went through, through school. My employer um, was able to, to pay for the, the bulk of the cost. I just had a contract where I worked for my employer for two years afterwards. Um, and then once I was all done par paramedic school, had some national testing that I had to do. And once I passed that, I began to work as an actual paramedic at that point. So my, my pay increased, my responsibilities increased. And as a paramedic, I would be um, in charge on the ambulance and I would perform skills. Like I could put a patient on a cardiac monitor. I could do an EKG 12 lead of a patient's heart. I can start an IV line. Uh, if a patient is in a lethal rhythm on the cardiac monitor, I, I can uh, perform a shock on the patient. Um, so that's basically kind of the, the schooling I've went through, and that's how I got to where I am now. Thank you so much for breaking that down for everybody. I think I, I got a lot of clarity on that one myself and a lot got demystified right there. So thank you so much for that one. And can I can I also ask you, you know, what were some childhood hobbies or habits that you think matriculated into who you became today? Well, I always had a, a lot of interest um, in all things medical, um, had kind of an interest in science as well. And what I really liked about this field was that with about two years of education, with about a year of that being while I'm working, so I'm able to, to make an income, I was at the, at the point that I can um, use and kind of apply this medical knowledge every day. So kind of my childhood interests in medicine, uh, health, all that, it was able to translate into my career choice. Beautiful, beautiful. And can I ask what an average day like is for a paramedic? Sure. So it all kind of depends what type of shift that you want as a paramedic. There's a lot of options. Um, a number of paramedics work 12-hour shifts where they're just there for 12 hours and they'll work like just three days a week. So 36 hours a week. Mm -hmm. um, a, a number of other uh, paramedics will do 24 hour shifts instead. So if we do a 24 hour shift, we'll have a shift that starts at seven o'clock in the morning and it runs for 24 hours. Uh, we'll be based at a station and we'll respond to 911 calls in the area. A uh, typical shift will involve you, you arrive at, at the station, you do what's called uh, a checkoff on your equipment. You make sure you have all the equipment that, that you're supposed to have. You test all of your equipment, make sure everything works. Um, at, at that point, there's usually uh, tasks that you'll do around the, the station. So you'll kind of, you know, clean up, just make sure everything is uh is in a good state around the station. And then, you know, there's just kind of various other administrative type tasks that you'll do until um, a 911 call arrives. 
And when there's a 911 call, um, dispatch will, will, will notify you. Dispatch tells you the address and the, the nature of the emergency. So dispatch will say, you know, respond to 123 Main Street for someone having a stroke. Or respond to uh, 123 Allen Street for a, a patient um, who has a generalized weakness occurring. And then we, we respond to the calls, uh, treat and transport the patient to the hospital. And then we head back to the station. To the station. At, at that point, we'll submit a report on a call, basically documents um, the, the treatments that we did on the patient. And then we just kind of have some time in between calls. Uh, it's usually a good time to, uh, to eat, eat breakfast or lunch or uh, just do tasks around the station. Beautiful, beautiful. And and this is for the uh, is this for the 12 hour shift or the 24 hour? Uh, the, that would usually be on the 24 hour shift, but mm-hmm. often it'll look a lot like that on the on the 12 hour shift as well. That's very interesting because I've uh, uh, interviewed nurses as well. And that 12 hour, that three day, 12 hour shift is very common for the nurses, too. So absolutely. Uh, yeah, so that that really uh, sounded familiar right there. So let me go ahead and ask you this one. So, what do you enjoy the most about what you do? You know, what I, I enjoy the most is being able to apply the knowledge that you have learned to treating your patient. Uh, so, if you have a a patient who was in cardiac arrest, that means the patient's heart had stopped. You know, the patient was clinically dead when you arrived. Uh, if you are able to uh, re- resuscitate the patient, you then ha- have a lot of tasks that you, you have to do. You have to make sure that, um, th- that the patient is perfusing well. So in other words, we have to make sure that, that their blood pressure is, is adequate to get oxygen to their brain and to their organs as well. So you're often having to really analyze the patient and apply your knowledge to know what interventions you want to do. You know, are you going to start an IV? Are you going to give fluids to to the patient? Are you going to give any special medications to the patient? So I think that's really the enjoyable part of of your job, using um, a process of applying your knowledge to every patient. Very nice. Very nice. And at the back end of that question, of course, is what do you enjoy the least? There really isn't anything that that stands out as being particularly bad about the job. Um, it's really just kind of a, a, an enjoyable job. Beautiful. You know what? And I, I sometimes I get those uh, answers, so I'm I'm very pleased with that answer as well. Uh, but let me go ahead and ask you this. Uh, so, and this is this is really one of my favorite questions, if not my my favorite question. So. Do you think that grades mattered in school for the success that you have in your career today? Absolutely, yes. Um, where grades in school are going to help a lot is you will learn a lot in EMT school and in paramedic school. And your what's called your background knowledge, like the prior knowledge that you have about science and math, it really will will factor into how well you do. Um, we see math skills as being especially important in, in this line of work. So it's great to see people who had good math grades in school. Um, one of the things that you'll be doing a lot is administering medications to 
patients, and you're often going to have to do um, a weight-based dose. So you have to determine how much the patient weighs, and if the patient does not know or if the patient is unconscious, you'll use math to estimate their ideal body weight, and then you're going to have to determine how much medication to draw out of the vial, how much to place in the bag of fluid, what size bag of fluid to, to use, and then you have to determine how fast to infuse the fluid. So math skills, for example, are absolutely huge in, in this line, line of work. So you really want to make sure that you've got a good math and science background in school. Very well, very well. And I'm, I'm not surprised by that answer at all. Very pleased with that one. So let me ask you this. So what do you feel that your impact is? And your impact doesn't have to, you know, it, sometimes people get stuck on that word, but, you know, what are you just really devoted to? I, I think the where I really like to make an impact is improving the patient outcome. Um, so trying to make sure that we have delivered the very best care possible so that it'll either maximize the, the chance of survival on the patient or it'll maximize the quality of life the patient has. Um, we recently had a patient who was having a stroke. And the key thing there was there was a lot of uh, interventions, a lot of treatments we had to do before we arrived at the hospital. And by doing all that, we sped everything up at the hospital because um, strokes are very much based on time. You want to get the patient treated as quick as possible. So by um, applying your knowledge to, to the patient and performing the right treatments on the patient, you can speed up everything at the hospital, which will hopefully mean that the, the patient will end up with a much better long-term quality of life after the stroke. Beautiful. Beautiful. I really love that one. I really love that one. And we're, we're winding down to this last question here today. It was a great interview, Mike. But if there was one piece of advice that you could give to anybody out there listening who wants to be in the position that you're in today, what would it be? I would say really explore uh, the EMS uh, career option. Uh, start to either volunteer with one of the fire departments in your area or contact one of the, the local 911 ambulances and ask them if you can do a ride out. A ride out is when, um, so after you sign some forms like HIPAA, um, you know, health information privacy forms, and after you go through a background check, you'll be allowed to, um, to, to, to ride out as an extra person on, on the ambulance. And that, that's kind of a great way to experience what it's like to work on the ambulance. Let, let, lets you talk to the people who, who work there, kind of learn more about their um, education pathway, how they got to where, where they are now. It's just kind of a, a good way to, to get a feel for, um, for the EMS career and decide if that's a career that, that you want to pursue. Beautiful, beautiful. And thank you so much, Mike, for an excellent, excellent interview. I couldn't have asked for a better one from a, a paramedic. That was, I mean, every every question was uh, answered very properly. So I really appreciate that. Now, Mike, is there any way that my audience can reach yours, whether it's social media, a website, a book, anything? You know, I, um, I don't have um, any kind of um, presence online in, in, in that, that way. I apologize. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Not everybody does. And I, I appreciate the people who don't. 
so Mike, again, thank you once again for an excellent, excellent, excellent interview. You did fantastic today, and I really appreciated the conversation. I know my audience would definitely appreciate all the advice and tips and and everything that you uh, had to say today. So with that being said, folks, there are three types of work, a job, a career, and a calling. Most people have a job. You're lucky if you find a career, but you're truly, truly blessed if you find your calling. And I really hope that me and Mike helped you find it here today. And that is a wrap. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to leave a review so that someone else can discover it too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at YI Network for episode updates, weekly takeaways, quotes of the week, and much, much more. And if you or somebody else you know is passionate about their job and would like to share their story, email us at whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Again, whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Talk to you soon, folks. And I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. I'm persistent. I'm willing to go the distance. I feel like I'm up on the mount like I'm